Ho, 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 ho. Welcome to the final Christmas installment, our Ghost of, I, I guess, our Ghosts of Christmas. So, Ghosts My of Christmas we, Carol. Yeah, our Christmas Carol ghosts. Um, yeah. This final one is somebody who is very close to me, Mason, who mm-hmm. has the hopefully next generation of anarchists being raised right now. I am, I tried my best to be very influential to everyone in my family, so this probably gives you an idea of who it is. I have a short interview with my sister mm-hmm. that I don't think you've ever met this sister. I have um, only met one of your sisters. Yeah, I think you've only met Jesse. Yes. Um, so this is a interview with Jory, my sister, who has a very cute half-Asian baby and um, who I believe will raise her to be a free-minded person, hopefully not a crazy socialist or something like that. But um, I try to be influential, sending them like, copies of the Tuttle Twins and things like that so, oh, that, nice. so that we can kind of indoctrinate them young. Good. Uh, so here's the interview with Jory. I hope that you enjoy it, Mason, and we'll talk about it uh, afterwards. She mentions something that I think you will really like, and it's because it's from back when you and I were big beer drinkers. It's a beer that I think that you would be very interested in. So here it is. So just so you have, I guess, the background, I don't know how much you heard from what I said before, is I'm trying to put together like a compilation episode of different short interviews with, hopefully I can get all the girls and mom and grandma, but we'll see see who works out. But what I uh. wanted to do is have you share a, a memorable Christmas as mm-hmm. well as one of your favorite alcoholic beverages. Okay. <laughs> Good luck getting mom to share an alcoholic beverage. Well, she had, she had two <laughs> sips of a Smirnoff one. So. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, so what is your favorite uh, drink right now? I know you're really into beer, so you got Dad and me that uh, tilted kilt for yeah. for Thanksgiving. That was, that was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was kind of sweet. Um, but uh, right, I think. Well, I'm really into sour. Well, I like Flanders a lot, so I was going to talk about Flanders, okay. which are very good, but they are expensive. But right. They're good. Okay. Well, why don't you tell me about Flanders. So my uh, one, probably my favorite one. Well, we have two. We have one on right now, which I don't. It's called Jacob something actually. Jacob oh. something, but I can't remember that one. And I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. But uh, my favorite is called Duchess de Bajoran, and it's just it's a Flemish red. So okay. uh, I think I've had. A, I think red. I've had a Flanders red once or a Flemish red. It, it, yeah. How different is that from like a typical like red ale? Like. It's, you know, um, just so for... it's a wild. It's a sour because okay. it is with wild. So it is a sour, but it also is very vinegary. So, um, and it's what the, how they make the Duchess is they they after two fermentations they um, put in oak aged barrels and age it for eighteen months. But then the Duchess de Bajoran is a blend of an eight month old um, barrel aged and an eighteen month old barrel aged. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's really good. It's it is pretty sour, but it still um, has uh, well, it's kind of fruity too and pretty vinegary. So, and then also the longer something cool about that is the longer it. Um, sorry, August is that's making nice in the background. That's fine. Um, the we're, gonna, we're gonna have some beautiful Christmas music in, in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The longer it's either in the bottle or even on tap, uh, it does get more vinegary. So um, Janie hates beer, but I got her to like it. And actually what was funny about that too is I bought a couple of bottles of it um, when I was in California in August. 
-hmm. And then I meant to bring it with me while Janie and I went up to camp and I forgot it. And so uh, grandma left it in her fridge the whole time until the next time I went there, which, well, I went there just like a month or two later. But there was definitely a difference between the first one and the second one. It was more vinegary when I came back and tried it. That's pretty interesting because I think that a lot of people would think that like a vinegary flavor would be an off flavor. But one of the cool things about sours is that they can get really Mm -hmm. funky, but they're still they're still pretty good and they're still really interesting. Right, exactly. And this one particularly to me has a ton of plum notes and like raisin eeness. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, that's why I was, gave it to Janie to try because she, A, likes kombucha and it's kind of like kombucha. Yeah, yeah. And she also uh, likes wine and it is a little bit more of a wine and has, and it has a dryness to it that I like too. Yeah. Do you know what the alcohol uh, percentage by, by volume is, the ABV? Um, no, probably, I want to say, I think it's probably, I know Flemish reds can vary from like a 5 five to like an 8%. I don't know exactly yeah. that one, though. Yeah, because usually, I think, yeah, usually sours are a little bit on the higher end, but 5 is pretty low, so, or 5.5. 5, yeah, 5 so, is pretty low, yeah. yeah. I've actually, like, speaking of kind of weird off flavors, I have this uh, French Bordeaux that I've been sipping on the last couple of days. Even though I've got a cold, I was sort of hoping it would help me get over the cold (laughs) because that's what people used to do. But this had a, I wouldn't say it's an off flavor, but a flavor that's super unusual is Mm -hmm. there's like a slight aftertaste of kelp and... Oh, weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I've never had that flavor before and I was, like, it took me a long time to put it, but then I started thinking about... Uh, when we used to go camping at Bodega Dunes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what it's like? It's sort of like those kelp whips. It, that's what it smells like. It tastes like that yeah. smell. So that smell, kind of, yeah, that's so funny. That's exactly what I thought of when you said kelp. It was Bodega Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it is. It's that, that kind of smell of that area. So it, it was a very interesting flavor. It's always interesting how you just, depending on, particularly with sours, because sours and wines a lot of times are the same. Some wines, they'll add a yeast to it, but... Uh, a lot of them are mm. wild fermented. And so you get these right, different types exactly. of yeast that can add all these very unusual flavors to them, especially like with the sour beers. Cause I think that the type of, I think the type of yeast is like, it's like, uh, Brett to Coxis, Brett to yeah. or something along those lines. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. And so you get these very strange wild yeasts that bring out all sorts of really unusual flavors. And then right. in, in, in addition to that, you said that it was barrel-aged? Yeah, and oak-aged. Yeah, okay. oak barrels. Yeah, because you can get a lot of really interesting flavors out of oak, too. Like new oak will, can give like a butteriness to it. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can get like sort of like a leathery taste from the oak. And also- I think that's where the little like, it, it's like a like a bittery, almost bite, I don't know, wood-like taste kind yeah. of to it that yeah. I like. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really interesting to me. Can you say that... Uh, it's a it's a Flanders red, but what is it called again? It's called the Duchess de Bajoran. Duchess de Bajoran. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put that yeah. in show notes so that people. Oh can... yeah, I'll send you I'll send you with an actual way it's spelled. I meant to write it down, but that's no, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll get it because see what we try to do for tasting anarchy is we try to give people like some sort of whatever we're drinking. Usually it's a wine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then let them if they're interested in the way we describe it, then they can go look it up and buy it on their own. Oh, perfect, yeah. So changing gears a little bit, since these are all supposed to be pretty short clips, do you have a, a favorite Christmas story or a favorite Christmas gift? or? Well, okay, so I couldn't think of a specific story, really, but I just really like the way that we do our Christmas. Honey, do you want to say Merry Christmas? Say hi, Merry Christmas. Say hi. Okay. 
That's going to be good enough. All right. <laughs> um, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so, well, I just liked a lot how, well, first of all, of course, we couldn't open our stocking until sunrise, and then we couldn't wake anyone else up, although we always got a noisemaker in our stocking. So, right. yeah, so that was, yeah. was, we were just playing with our toys. Yeah. <laughs> But then I also, my favorite thing was making deal on, you know, Jody Beth would pick this one for me and I'd pick that one for okay. her and Jesse would pick this one. I, th- I think, I think in order for that to make sense to the listeners, we have to describe like what the process for our family okay, so, was for opening. Well, so we always only had a couple of gifts each, but with five people, it still looked like quite a few gifts under the tree. Yeah. But each person had a couple of gifts, and our parents didn't want us to just go down and rip everything open, because then Christmas would be over in like two seconds, which I am grateful for. Yeah. And um, when I was a kid, maybe not as much, but I liked it. Um, and so what we would do is we, well, like I said, we couldn't open our stocking until sun, or else we would all get up at 3 a.m. and open our stocking and then want to start Christmas. But... Um, then once everyone got up, we the youngest person would take a gift and take it for somebody else, and then we would all watch them open the gift and then so on, the next youngest and the next. And then with five kids and mom and dad, it took quite a while. We also um, took an intermission usually to make breakfast. Yeah. Um, so what we would do is after opening our stocking and playing with our toys a little bit, we would make deals with each other so that we could, um, like the youngest, Jody Beth, would pick whatever gift we wanted first, and then we'd pick whatever gift they wanted first. And right. It was just always fun to make gifts like that, or yeah. make deals. Yeah, that was, that was always fun. I think that uh, that was a, yeah, it is a pretty good way to sort of... You know, stretch it out instead of just having like a whole like ripping everything open and then it's and then it's just kind of done. Although you you know you get to go play with your gifts and that sort of thing, but you got to fill the entire day or at least most of the yeah. day. Um, I always yeah. one of my favorite things about about the gifts how you know you were saying that we we all had maybe four or five gifts each. Um, how every year mom would be like, well, this year, you know, we're, we're not getting much for you. Yeah. <laughs> every single year. Oh, well, this year is not that yeah, much. Yeah, every single year. <laughs> yeah. And it was always, and it's so funny because we didn't ever really get an, a tremendous amount of gifts, but it always looked like a ton. So we were yeah. like, what are you talking about? There's so many gifts. And it was really exciting. And especially because it stretched out. Yeah. And I remember like our friends would always be calling us like, let's go, let's go do this or whatever. And we're like, oh yeah, we're still on our second gift. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, one thing I think to add, add into that is that when we were opening our stockings we were in our new pajamas and slippers oh exactly that's true christmas eve gift is always awesome yep because we always get just for the listeners we always get a christmas eve gift that is some sort of pajamas and slippers or and or slippers um, yep or socks or yeah. staff robe something like that which I think is awesome. it's been a lot of which years I, still do. <laughs> I, I mean you only have you only have august right now but it's uh, it's been, I think, a lot of years since everybody's been together for Christmas. Yeah. Well, actually, I just was looking through a videos on my phone with Jesse, and it was cracking us up because not three, okay, three Christmases ago when Jesse and I were at home with Mom, we both opened up our Christmas Eve gift. Oh, yeah. Like 20, I don't know, I was probably 26 and she was 24, and we're opening up Christmas Eve gifts, a bathrobe and a pajamas. And we're like, oh, yay, thanks, Mom. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then, and I've always done it also for, well, I did it for Athens. Uh-huh. I've done it for Athens, and then I'll do it for August this year, although August has a lot of pajamas. But I think I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll get her a bathtub or something. But, right, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my favorite one. Also, I was trying to remember the uh, the one 
of um, us kind of getting lost in the woods while looking for a Christmas tree with Dad. But I think that one kind of morphed throughout the years. I don't know yeah. if we actually got lost or what. Do you remember that? I, d- I don't. I, I don't remember that one. I remember when the first year we moved Virginia, you and Mom and them. I didn't go with you for uh, some reason. You guys got lost in like Isle of Wight or somewhere yeah, like that. Trying to look I do for remember trees. that too, but I don't remember it very well. Yeah, I, the I dad one, I know we went up in his truck, and I think it was that only year that he had that big white truck because he only had that for a little bit. Yeah, only, and we went yeah. up in the truck, and it was kind of late at night for some reason. And I think, and it, I, I feel like it was kind of late in the season too. It was only a little, maybe the week before Christmas or something. And we went up, and it was kind of late at night, but we had to go get it then. And I think it's a lot of the Christmas tree lots were closed already and we found one and it had a hot apple cider which I remember and then we went out to get our our tree and I don't know if we didn't get lost or just like I thought we were lost because I was little uh-huh. and we were walking for kind of a while and it was cold but I feel like that that story morphs in my head yeah all right well maybe maybe if I can get dad on he can he can <laughs> elaborate on that story maybe uh-huh. you should try to have um mom read this really cool uh newspaper article story that grandma wrote but it was based on the true story of them when they were younger and went up to washington and they only had i think our uncle art oh, okay but it was grandma wrote a story based on a true thing that happened when they went up there and um it was in the newspaper oh, and i okay. guess she won a prize for it oh well i, I would i'll definitely try to get uh, mom to answer that so i got one last question for you before we end this segment mm-hmm what is your favorite Christmas song? Ooh, I think it is. That's a hard one. Um, um, mm-hmm, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I've got uh, Noel, 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 the angels did sing. I think that one. Okay. I like that, that. That's the song that is going to be playing in the background of this interview. Oh, perfect. Right. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, I'll let you go and play with August. Thank you for joining Tasting Anarchy for this Christmas special Christmas episode. Okay, I look forward to hearing it. Say bye. Say bye. Oh, she's waving. Oh. <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, take it easy. All right, that was the interview with my sister Jory, and you heard in the background a little bit my um, very cute niece. August Snow, mm-hmm. uh, who has a very cute, complicated name, but August Snow is the name. And yes. um, she tried to say Merry Christmas, but I think it was just kind of baby talk, <laughs> kind of yeah. like gibberish. So what do you think about that episode, Mason? So uh, I, this is one of those things that, like, not in a creepy way, but, like, I loved having your mom on the fan- on the show. Like, mm-hmm. the, the dynamic in your family is so different than the dynamic in my family. And I'm starting to recognize better the, like, the fun of my family. Like, you know how it is. Like, well, mm-hmm. you you don't necessarily. But, you know, everybody kind of has the, like, oh, like, this is what was wrong with my childhood. You yeah. know, and yours was probably, like, I didn't see my grandma enough. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, I mean, that, Yeah, basically, like, my, my own, the only thing I ever complain about with my childhood is that my dad was overseas too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understood that, so I don't, I'm not very resentful of it. Yeah. And uh, that we live too far away from the rest of my family. <clears throat> it, exactly. And so that's the, like, my, while we were the center, we lived in the center for a lot of the family. We didn't see a lot of the family all the time. And... Like, I have cousins who, you know, expressed very, over the years have expressed very kind and nice sentiments about how, you know, like, how they saw us and and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's not that I didn't see them as, like, important people. I just didn't know them. Where, like, 
you know, I knew like for the last 10 years I've known you and like I had I've had a lot of friends where like they were basically brothers to me and yeah. like that's the way I consider you so like to me it's kind of like an insight to my uh, the other side of my family like your family <laughs> like mm-hmm. cuz you know like I'm sure if like I showed up to family events like they would be as accepting you know as they would be with anybody oh but, i'm sure they like, would well, especially yeah. i mean like my parents are my mom likes you a lot my i think they're very appreciative of even though we're roughly the same age sort of the big brother dynamic you had when i moved out kind yeah of the, like, and, and that's this the is how like, you lock your front door that kind of thing you know? <laughs> yeah like and, and that's the thing is like you know like I enjoyed having your mom on the show because it's it's a connection to these stories from your past that I don't have. Right. And I don't have them because I don't remember my childhood in the same way. Like it's just I remember different things like different ages mm-hmm. than you remember and it but it's that connection to this like these things happened and Jacob's not a crazy person who's just been feeding me like, you know, insanity <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, and, and that's what's always fun is like because you know I knew your sister Jessie and like I didn't know her super well but she was definitely different than you but like listening to Jory it's it, it, because you guys are you know she's only two below like two right. years younger than you yeah, yeah. Like, the, there's kind of that difference there and she sounds like she has a lot of the, the same things as you and um, so the the beer she was talking about I'm sure she's pronouncing it correct mm-hmm. but like I always heard it as like in my head as Duchess de Borge okay um, and but I've had it, and I I when I got into it, I tried to get you to drink it one time. Oh, really? I think, I think you. And this is back when you wouldn't share a drink with anybody. Oh, that's right. No, and I still don't really like to. I really don't yeah. like when people drink. I don't. I don't want. I don't want them. I don't want to drink after them. I don't really care if they drink after me. Like if there's like yeah. a little bit left in my beer, I'll give it to them. But like I just don't want other people's lips all over my drink yeah and, and i, f- and I feel like that's perfectly like, reasonable <laughs> yeah well that's is, i don't think it's unreasonable but like i think between the two of us we've developed when it does happen like a yeah. specific like these are the parameters right but back yeah. then like i thought this was a um i thought this was a barley wine for years oh okay and i think you looked it up at one point and told me no it was actually a red but oh, uh, okay. yeah, so I, I won't try to pronounce it again because your sister does such a better job of it. Yeah. But yeah, this was a very favorite beer of mine. But like the problem was it was like it told, like Grape and Gourmet. It was like, you know, $8 a bottle or something like that. Yeah. And well, it's and very on, good. On but, the link that, jo- that Jory sent me for this, I, I'm going to say it my way, which is uh, Duchess de Bourgogne or Gogon. Duchess de Bourgogne. I don't know how to say that, but uh, I would have, looking at it now, I would say um, Duchess de Bourgion, but de Bourgion, okay. I, I know that's not right. <laughs> well, Jory, Jory is really into German and Belgian beers. That's that's her mm-hmm. wheelhouse, kind of. And she, just for everybody who's listening, um, as you heard, she she isn't like a beer expert, but she works at a restaurant that serves a lot of beers. The link that she sent me was from a uh, website slash app thing called Drizzly Inc., where you can order beers and stuff, and they sell these for um, well, you can only buy it in a four pack, and they're twenty. It's twenty four seventeen for a four pack, which makes it about six dollars per bottle, and they're eleven mm-hmm. ounce bottles, so they're a little bit. It's a little expensive, but not terribly expensive. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I'm not saying like it, it's one of those beers that every time I've had it, it's very good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and here's the the funny thing, like I. I keep forgetting that she has a daughter as yeah. well. And so like 
during that interview, I kept like confusing myself and like wondering, um, like, it's like I thought she had a son. Who's this other person they're talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, her. So she also, yeah. So she's got August, who's very, very, very cute, and is mm-hmm. like I was out there for Thanksgiving, and she is just so pleasant to be around. And, yeah. And so like Victoria is a little bit hesitant about kids and stuff like that, and. Um, even I remember the, how she was around Lillian. Yeah. Well, even even Victoria's even like. I wouldn't say like super enthusiastic about August, but is like, oh, babies can be very pleasant. <laughs> and yeah. well, she likes your daughter too, but like, there's like certain things your daughter would do where it would like kill her. And so, Lillian is, or my daughter is very high energy. Yeah. Well, so like, you're, for, you remember for a while, your daughter would just like scream. Yeah. Like just randomly just be like, ah, she ah. still does. <laughs> oh, she does. She, okay. What's funny is like, that's what I would, I would do when I was a kid. I would just make weird noises. And a lot of mm-hmm. like loud, my mom would like yell up the stairs to my bedroom and be like, Jake, stop making laser noises. I'm like, <laughs> I was thinking about defeating the empire <laughs> and like things like that. Like, but like when I'm thinking about stuff a lot in my mind, and this is probably what's going on in Lillian's mind, or at least this is what I'm projecting is going on in her child mind is that there's some sort of story going on, and that's the noise that goes with that story. Yeah, for her, it's what's happening around her. Okay. She, she doesn't have the internal monologue fully yet. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, and that's, an, you know, there's the other thing is, like, you're, you know, kind of the classic your family interesting thing, like the mm-hmm. the giving of the... Um, giving of the pajamas right right so like you know we we kind of talked about it a little bit in the last episode my my wife's uh father passed away and he used to live with his brother and you know he would watch my daughter every day and so we you know we were helping the our uncle kind of clear out the place and he was moving for to live closer to his job because he's a long-haul trucker but he's you know Mm -hmm. stationed out of like northern virginia so that would be another thing to go visit him there yeah um but as we were doing it like you know we owed him some money for the rent because we were kind of helping out the father-in-law you know just all these moving parts and he goes ah don't worry about it get get you know get your daughter a gift so in reference to what you guys were doing my wife wears these pig slippers Mm. like and so we were trying to you know get my daughter some and they were kind of expensive so i i you know we were thinking like well that could become a tradition is uncle ed always gives the pig slippers every year Oh, okay. Look, you know, yeah. kid wears them out and that stuff outgrows them. Yeah. It's like we can splurge a little bit and get these pig slippers and make that a family tradition, kind of in the same line of like your family giving yeah. new pajamas every year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even even to this day, I receive a care package from my mom usually with pajamas. Yeah. And I, I'm 31 years old and I'm married and I still receive a care package with like new slippers and some pajamas. Yeah, and what's and, funny about it is, as you know, I never throw away clothes. Yeah, I still have clothes that are pajamas. Like I have so many pajamas because she gave them to me every year, and I've never thrown any of them away. And when you get pajamas, as as the listeners mostly know, is that like pajamas are usually very baggy, and for male pajamas, there's like a drawstring usually. Mm-hmm. And so from like the time of like 12 years old until now, I pretty much have all of those pajamas still. <laughs> and I, I wear them occasionally. Like I don't really wear pajamas a huge amount around the house. But for the most part, like I have them all, and I'm not going to get rid of them because and Victoria have gone and I have gone through my clothes several times where she'll be like, "Well, let's get rid of this," and I'm like, "No, that was from Christmas 1999 when my mom gave me my first pair of boxers," and she's like, "These <laughs> boxers are like three pieces of string still tied together to this like <laughs> worn out elastic strap," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't wear them. I just want them." <laughs> so yeah, 
is that and, kind of and, thing. Yeah, that's the you know kind of the, the the future family thing, you know, and that that's where like looking forward into the future, you know, we have these plans with Car and uh, Bird and mm-hmm. you know these other you know world domination plans that yeah, we, exactly. we have. But, you know, also the my my plans in life involve being able to be the uncle to your kids, mm-hmm. you know, when you guys have them and be able to, you know, fly out multiple times a year and, and you know, with Lillian or fly them out to us, you know, yeah, kind of that, right. like, never interfering with your actual family, sure. like, direct family, you know, kind of seeing them and stuff like that. But, you know, that, like, in the same when Nate has kids, like, if he ever does, yeah. like... And, and, you know, like I've recently started having my brother over more often and, and doing stuff with him, you know, and kind of realizing like, hey, wait, like, yes, I've always been of the impression that like I decide who my family is directly and, and that's kind of how it is for me. But like also like these people are in my life. And, you know, like since you've moved, I've kind of mm-hmm. been like, wait a minute, like I always was I was always worried because like my parents, it's not that my parents don't have friends. Yeah. But like my parents were friends with my friend's parents. Yeah. And not that that's a bad thing, but like with your, with you, your family, you know, there are five kids. There's a lot of kids to parents where you could, you know, mix and match. Like we're friends with Jesse's best friend's parents, Mm -hmm. but we're not friends with Jerry's best friend's parents because they're just different people and they don't meet our lifestyle. And then you guys had the church, you know, all that stuff. And like, I've always, always, you know, I've always been worried about like, all right, I've got this many friends and I'm 31 and these are the people I've got in my life. So, well, and you know, you know, I've actually talked about that even when we were younger before either one of us was married and we were like, it's hard to make friends as an adult Yeah, And, and, and you can get worried about it because, but like, the circumstances will put people in your life that are important, but you'll also have those couple of people who will last forever. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the thing is like, you know, I've like, we talked about this before, but I have a friend or a person who I still consider a friend. And I haven't talked to since before I graduated college Mm -hmm. that I still scheme on ways to try to find him. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of know where his parents lived at one point. And I've thought about driving up there to try to be like, look, you don't, you know, I understand if he doesn't ever want to talk to me again. I just need to know he's alive. Right, right. Like, he made that much of an impression on me. And like, you know, I I wish you had had an opportunity to know him because like he was just such a, a unique and like, like Nate unique, but yeah. like in a different way okay. and like those sort of things. But like, that's the thing. Like, I always look at it where it's like, no, 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 no. like we can make all these traditions and like do these things because mm-hmm. like, you know, if we can pull off what we plan to pull off in life, like, hey, we're going to go to Ireland for a month, you know, those yeah. sort of things where it's yeah. like, yeah, we'll just do those things. Well, that's, that's and, you know, one of our goals is to, I mean, we'll be in a position where we can kind of do those those types yeah. of things where it's like, or like, you know, I, I'm hoping to be not downtown Dallas forever, but, you know, near Dallas, not forever, but like. I'm not, I'm not tied to any one location, but like my ultimate goals, as you know, is to have a large property with enough accommodation for people to come visit and enjoy. Like one of my favorite things ever is Camp Burton on, on Vashon Island. And I've always wanted like all of the people that I care about, all of my friends to come to Camp Burton, not necessarily because it's a Bible camp, but because I think it's such a great place. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always thought that like, well, maybe I can, if I become wealthy enough, if I'm ambitious enough, I can recreate that and make it 
a more comfortable place for people to go because one of the things I realized with Victoria going to Burton with me is that it's not really very comfortable unless you are sort of willing to accept that it's uncomfortable <laughs> because you enjoy so much other stuff because the beds are uncomfortable. Like there's just a lot of stuff that's not great, not very comfortable about it. Like it's, it's a kid's, it's a kid's camp that they open up for families once a year. Mm-hmm. And so like you're sleeping in these very small kids' beds. Like, you know, I'm six five. So like my legs are hanging off the edge of the bed. Uh, <laughs> like my dad does this too because my dad's very tall. So we usually just put the mattresses on the floor and just sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, it's all because it's it's a kids camp and yeah. but the location is so great and i've always thought that if i can find a equally magical location then i could establish some sort of camp that would be just like the the friends of jacob camp that would it would be some sort of productive like farm or something like that but it would also be built large enough that it could be like these are all the people that jacob has invited every year to come at this time of year to enjoy just relaxing and you know whatever they want to do enjoy being you know having a family camp type experience bringing their kids and stuff like you know inviting people from our path like we mentioned last episode seth inviting seth whatever he's got going on in his life he comes inviting london whatever he's got going on he comes nate if he's got kids in the future you my sisters you know all these different people who we all have different connections to little jacob uh you know all these different people who've kind of come through our lives it and just see who shows up and make it like that experience, you know, where you, you eat together, you do sort of recreations together, and then at the end of the night, you have a campfire, you sing songs, you tell stories, and do all that sort of fun thing. Yeah, and that's the, you know, maybe we'll, maybe, you know, given the, the spirit of the, the show, maybe we'll establish a winery at one point, and that'll kind of be part of the property is this camping experience yeah. where, you know, you can, the kids can go into the grapes with the idea, you know, obviously they're not going to like destroy pick and them, eat them but, yeah, right. But they can, but yeah, like, they can feel the earth and like be part of, part of yeah, production. Help, help with the production at yeah. times, and then, you know, possibly, you know, have a blackberry growing area, you know, kind of mm-hmm. to recreate the feel of Vashon in its own way. Cause you yeah. know, blackberries will grow almost anywhere in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and that's where, you know, that's kind of the thing, like, you know, you and I both have that, like that future goal of being so wealthy that we can do these things. Mm-hmm. But we both, and, and not in like an egotistical way, but both center ourselves as this, I have to be the one to do it. Right. Well, cause so you know, that, if you don't do it, I, nobody will. You know? Yeah. So like, that everyone else can be happy mm-hmm. or can enjoy the the fruits of time with me, you know, right, and that we right. both have, and that's one of the things that I think that makes our friendship so unique in its own way is like that, like continual, like, this is what we're going to do. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Know, we, yeah. We're just doing this. And yeah, and that's what like, always happens. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's kind of the, the fun thing about the, the show, especially because, you know, we, like I came up with the idea of doing the show because I knew you loved podcasting and I was so enamored with Tom Woods and Jason Stapleton and, yeah. and going like, okay, like Jacob's not pulling away from me, but I know life's changing in that way like he's married now i don't see him as often partially Mm -hmm. because we were both working so much and then i was just like no we got to have a reason to see each other okay he's getting more into wine i like wine show yeah well i mean we and we tried other shows before that too well we tried the dream show and it just like i i I listened to that episode several times and it was just like, it just doesn't work for us, our dynamic. But the wine show, when we started doing that, like, I feel like that really does work. Yeah. And this is the thing is like, especially now that we found our niche, like we've we've kind of like got the problem with the, the, the dream show. And I'll take full responsibility here is that is something that is so important to you. Yeah. And I couldn't get out of my own way enough Mm -hmm. to be as excited about it as you were. Yeah. 
and because I just don't dream. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It, it's kind of like somebody going like, you know, and this is kind of the, you know, like we we bash leftists pretty often, and we bash conservatives pretty frequently too, mm-hmm. but leftists more often than not. Right. But like we've always said that, you know, while we don't agree with a lot of these people's stances, we can't dictate what they've felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. and that's what's so hard for me. A lot of times is putting myself in other people's shoes because I have such a you you know, and every human does, mm-hmm. but like I you know have such a uniquely short range of emotions mm-hmm. that it's like okay, like I'm not autistic, but I'm definitely like very very limited on my emotion spectrum, and it's like okay, I have a real hard time sympathizing with somebody, especially with things like I don't have. It's like oh, I dream every night, and I'm like. Hmm. Yeah. Once every half a month. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah well, that's that's funny, and that's kind of an interesting way to, to like put it, and that's why I guess yeah, it didn't really work out, but this is something that we can both experience in real time, not necessarily in the same way, but in similar ways, and we have such different tastes, but yeah. also there there is an open niche. It's that there's just not a lot of people just talking about, you know, as I talked about on, on the uh, Friends, Friends Against Government, Government, is that there's just not a lot of people talking about alcohol law and how it affects the wine industry. It's a very niche area, but I think it's also an accessible area because most people know wine. But yeah, kind of, and, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off, but after you say this thing, let's kind of like pull it back into the interview with Jory because I actually no, 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 have no, another thing to say about let's it. Let's go back to the interview with Jory because like my, my thing was just going to be um, pumping up the fags. Uh, oh, yeah. And since there are bitter, bitter, and I'm slamming my hand on my desk like I'm making noise, bitter, yeah. bitter rivals. Right, our bitter <laughs> rivals, yeah. They have 40. We need 40 downloads. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, like, and that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, it's such a, like, it t- you know, because your sister's two years younger than us. And, yeah. Um, to hear her be so excited, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it seems like, your you know, your sister kind of was holding back talking about the beer and stuff Mm -hmm. but i could kind of hear that like if you if we had found if you had found a way to open her up a little bit more about it um like if she was at the level of beer that she's at now and could have met us yeah you know from six years ago i think so because i we would have all and 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 I told her this when we, I don't know if we were recording when I told her this or not, but um, I wish that I had still some of the more unique beers that I brewed for her to try. Mm -hmm. Like the cranberry Mm -hmm. one that kept like stopping up the keg. And uh, the belly brown was pretty normal, but like I built, I I did a couple of browns. The the bitter that I did was pretty interesting. Um, And then I did that one medicinal beer that was very unusual. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, Jory mentioned in the show, she Mentions, she mentioned a Flanders red that she liked that she said had Jacob in the name. And later on, she texted me what it was. It was it's called uh, Cuvier des Jacobins Rouge. Mm. Um, and she that's another one that she highly recommended in this episode, but couldn't remember what the full name was because it's a crazy French name. But <laughs> that, was but a, it, that was a very very yeah. tough name. So it, it's <laughs> Cuvier. So C U V E E, but the First E has like a w- little accent over it, mm-hmm. and then it's Des Jacobins, as in the Jacobins, as in the revolutionaries, mm-hmm. and then Rouge R O U G E. Yeah, but wouldn't you pronounce that Jacobians? Like even I would I say know. Jacobins, like as in like the French revolutionaries. 
but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I, I always thought they were the Jacobites. No, the Jacobites were Scottish. Those were the ones that I think supported Bonnie Prince Charlie. Oh, no, you're right. You're, okay. you're, you're yeah. definitely right there. I don't know for sure, but somebody, no, can, somebody I, can fact check us on that. that you're, the, the Jacobins, like, I think I just look at it and mispronounce it in my head yeah. <laughs> as we do with this show. That's true. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, that's, that's the thing is like, and, you know, we might do more things like this throughout the, you know, the year, mm-hmm. but like touching base with like your sister and kind of, seeing how she progresses uh with these sort of wines and stuff like that because it, it was such a such a fun time to hear you to reminisce yeah and like i think that like you know if we can get your sister to come on every once you know maybe right. every once every other month kind mm-hmm. of as a you know we we while we talk about wine and anarchy we've never been against other spirits sure and, yeah and i think like you know kind of having you know we have jackson is and like i don't want to claim jackson is anything yet but like we kind of have jackson as like the expert wine guy especially for you know um mm-hmm. Especially for old world wines, but he, he definitely is very knowledgeable about new world wines. But like having your sister kind of be like our beer correspondent. Like, yeah, what's going yeah. on in the European beer market? Well, yeah, and she's she does seem to be good with with that kind of thing, and that's for the world that she's in, just mostly because of her job, but also because she likes that kind of beer. And when yeah. you know when we were younger. When we, I mean, younger meaning like she was 21 and I was maybe 23, wasn't really interested in beer at all. And mm-hmm. uh, she's since kind of got into it more since she's been in Lincoln in Nebraska. Um, just there's she's more into the local breweries. There's a brewery here in Texas that she loves that she wants to come down to Dallas to visit. And maybe we'll do an episode when she's here for that. Well, that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, one more thing before we wrap this one up that I wanted to uh, kind of from the interview is I've always kind of wondered this and I never really brought it up to my parents because it's, it's a memory that's very fond to me, but that whole, we have a very rigid like schedule of when you're allowed to do different things. Mm-hmm. And while I was talking to Jory, I kind of had this thought is, do you think that my parents instituted those traditions as a way of doing chaos control? You know, like, so this is, you know, I've met your mom. Yeah. And your mom, your mom is like the glue to things. Mm -hmm. But like, I haven't met your dad, but like, you know, your dad's been in the military for a very long time. And he also seems to have more of the... Because you you have a more order to you, yeah. Then it's not that you don't admit it, but like you you're a very structured and organized person. But the structure and organization you may have may be completely different than anyone else on the yeah. planet. Yeah, well, I'm definitely, and I've I've always recognized this about myself. I'm very very procedural. I yeah. want I want things to be done order in order. I don't really care about like I don't really care about like things being put in their place and all that sort of stuff as long as like things progress in an orderly fashion. And yeah. and this is what I've always identified as being very conservative in my in my outlook on life is mm-hmm. I like things being in a category where they fit. I want the variables defined by their variable type. And I want things to proceed in the way that they're supposed to proceed so that it's easy for me to analyze and kind of categorize it and move forward. Yeah. Um, so, and so I do have that aspect of it. To me, I think like a lot of your, a lot of your, 
and I don't I don't want to take anything sure. away from your dad, but it seems like a lot of his stuff is so it has the military focus to it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is him kind of defaulting to what he knows, which is the military aspect, and your mom making it work in such a fun and engaging way. Yeah, like that, not that, that your be. dad was because your dad never seemed to me like from your stories and everything like that. In your sister's stories it doesn't seem like the military like the oh like my dad like my dad's dad was called the colonel by his youngest son his his only his other son like my okay. dad's brother but like he always called him the colonel Hmm. And he was a lieutenant colonel, but my dad like didn't. My dad tells stories about his dad being like a you know military man, but like kind of in a more reverent way. Right. Whereas my uncle is kind of like in a dismissive. My my dad was a hard ass jerk. Your right. dad doesn't seem like a hard ass jerk. No. But he seems like a very structured and like no like I'm in the military. Like life is structured. I'm going to impose some structure here. Whereas like your mom seems to like kind of make that structure work. Yeah, be persistent about it. So to me, it seems like what you said is probably the most true, but it it, it kind of comes from taming the chaos in a more military fashion. Just right. your mother making it very fun, right? And that that could be very that could be true. And Jory doesn't remember this, and I don't know if we ha- if we recorded it in this interview or not. I distinctly remember when some of these rules were implemented. Because yeah. when Jane, because I have very distinct memories of when it was just really Janie and me, my older sister and I, um, and Jory was still a, an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and your mom was probably pregnant with Jesse at that time. That's or close yeah, to probably uh, probably close to pregnant with Jesse. And the reason that we did the stockings at dawn rule was because one year Janie and I woke up at like three a.m. <laughs> and or actually, I don't even know that we went to bed. I think maybe we just stayed up and then waited until nobody was awake, and then we just went downstairs and got opened the stockings and started playing and making tons of noise and stuff like that. And that was why the dawn rule was instituted was because we would get up at ungodly hours. We live with my grandparents. So like my grandparents were getting woken up by a bunch of kids and they're, you know, they're retired. They don't have to deal with this crap. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was always very conscious of that. It was, you know, they, they were gracious enough to open their home to us. Um, mm-hmm. So like, why are we waking them up at like, you know, four in the morning or whatever to make a whole bunch of noise? Cause we always had noisemakers for New Year's in our start, in our stockings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we're, you know, running around the house with those clappers or like those things that you spin that make the grinding noise and, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and like ho- hooping and hollering and stuff like that at like, three in the morning and so that's why that rule was instituted i think that the um the rule for the youngest picking first and then it going through that order was because my mom didn't want us she wanted to extend the the present opening time but also she didn't want there to be the chaos of people stepping on other people's toys knocking over the tree all that kind of stuff um and and i and i've always seen my mom as more of the organizer but kind of now that you bring that up it may be that my dad sort of was like i kind of want some sort of organization going on here and my mom was like well let's just figure out how to do it in a way that can be a tradition and fun for everybody and and we always loved it i mean we all we had great christmases every year um i have always loved christmas and i've always liked having it with my family i I really miss that we are we can be all together for those, but, um, you know, people grow up, they start their own families and they've got to start their own traditions. So mm-hmm. we'll probably yeah, do that here. That's the thing is like, you know, we, there was five in my family mm-hmm. and we always opened Christmas presents at my house. And if family was in town, then we would go to my grandparents' house right? and open whatever gifts were there. So like we couldn't do the, the way you guys did it, like that time taking. Right. 
had to open and then get over to friend's house yeah, or get over yeah. to my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over the years, like the same thing, like this year, like, you know, we have a bunch of stuff at our house um, for my daughter. And then like, we have to go to my parents' house because, you know, it's the only grandkid at this point. Yeah, right. So, they, you know, there's the delay with everybody doing stuff there and there's a bunch of presents. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's, you know, everybody has to establish that unique tradition, but like you have to take that measure of, you know, this would kind of be our kind of final thoughts. And this is kind of the way we do with wine, especially when mm-hmm. you're talking with like Jackson and, you know, what we wanted people to do in this year is uh, coming year is trying something new and, yeah. you know, getting out there and doing something new. Like, you know, and, and maybe it's because I'll be 32 in January and, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm an old guy now. Um, but like remembering that, just because like to give people a chance you know yeah clearly you don't want to give somebody who's murdered your half your family a chance but like you know just because your parents annoyed annoyed you in the past and, and things like that is give people a chance to to make up for it and understand that you know like victoria married into a very unique family Mm-hmm. My wife married into a very different family than her family. Right. And we're around my family. You guys are by yourselves at the moment, but like you guys will be around your family a lot. You yeah. know, those sort of things. Where yeah. So keep in mind that just because you don't like what's going on, don't ruin somebody else's time because you're not having a good time. Try to remember to see it from other people's sides and like, you know, don't go and get plastered to remember that especially if you have kids like that's the the thing that like i'm trying to remember for myself personally is like don't disappear in the moment to do you know like oh if you're having a good wine great have a glass but you know keep in mind that the you know especially if you have kids like this is their time right they're making these memories and you just heard us you know especially jacob and, and jury reminisce about you know memories that are upwards of almost 30 years old at this mm-hmm. point yeah and traditions that still continue you know she's continuing the tradition of the the pajamas which is great and you know like i like hearing that was thinking about making my own tradition off of that like you know these are the time for your kids to make these memories and like be present for them yeah. and if you can enjoy a good wine or a glass of wine great yeah. but you know, don't be so sloshed house. You, don't, yeah. you don't know what's going right. on or what your what your kids are getting from this time. Well, and I also I'll, I'll introduce I'll add one more thing, and then we'll close. And that is when you're making these memories for your children, this is also a really good opportunity to indoctrinate them to anarchist belief. And it's and I think it's true. Is I think the other reason that my mom would do the youngest picks a gift gift for somebody else is to instill in the kids that. Um, you don't always have to get yours first because what's coming to you will, you know, whatever you deserve or mm-hmm. whatever is mm-hmm. for you will come and you, and being patient is okay. And so that was a good lesson that we learned f- when I was a kid is that, you know, part of it also was we would make deals like, oh, you pick that one for me and I'll pick that one for you kind of thing, which is a good market <laughs> negotiation thing. But, uh, but also it kind of also teaches kids that like, look, they don't, they know that their gifts is coming and they'll be excited for their gift and it's okay to wait a little bit longer. And it's a good skill to learn to wait, even though you're only waiting, you know, 20 minutes longer or something like that, because, you know, I, I didn't, we didn't share this in the story, but Janie has this insufferable way of opening gifts <laughs> that all of us were always like, ah, <laughs> Um, where she will um, not rip any of the paper. Mm-hmm. So she'll go through and she'll like very, very slowly pull the tape up from every single place where the scotch tape is and then like, <laughs> and then smooth it out. 
and then like, oh, there's another piece of tape right there. Oh, I don't want to rip it. And then like undo it and then pull that tape off so that it doesn't stick to any of the other paper and then smooth it out. And like very slowly she would open this gift and it would take like five minutes to open the gift. We're all like, just open it. We want to get to our gifts. <laughs> and like, but she would always, always do that. It was her thing is that she would just like make it make it last even longer so like everybody gets to have some sort of silly kind of thing and it's a good way to to have some sort of cooperation going on it's also a good way to kind of teach patience to kids oh yeah um, like i i really i really like that idea and, and you know that with my daughter we won't be able to instill it in that in that way yeah, yet because yeah. you know she's two but also because my wife and i don't buy each other that much stuff right exactly <laughs> and that's you know yeah. that's what happens with smaller families i think there's you know there's certain things that are really advantageous about smaller families and really a lot of things that are very advantageous about big families mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i guess we'll leave it there you got anything else you want to add mason no uh you know everyone we we wish you uh, uh safe and productive the rest of the year, you know, there should be like what six days left when this comes out. Yeah. Um, you a, a safe and productive uh, new year. And, you know, like we always say, get in touch with us, tastinganarchy.com, tastinganarchy or Gmail, watch Jacob's uh, battle on the Twitters with uh, uh, Robbie the Fire and that bird, <laughs> and the same yeah. damn person. Um, right. I swear they're the same. And then, uh, you know, but reach out, let us know what you guys are enjoying, you know, what you enjoyed in the holiday season what you guys hope we can do in the, the coming year and um, watch for some announcements hopefully um, in the future about you know events with us and uh, friends against government podcast and you know uh, get out there and try something new yep all right uh, have a great night and stay free yes sir